meninaidetsea peleiadea kileos, ulomenen e myrje kajui salgetseke, polla stiftsimus psukassa edi projapsen, eroon autus deloria teuke kynessin, oio noisi tepasi dioste teleietubule. Welcome to the New Nomos Podcast. I'm Abdallah Dutton, inviting you to join me on this journey of discovery to define what the New Nomos is and what we need to get there. As a Muslim that was born, raised, and educated in the West, I wanted to start this journey of discovery by going back to what I was taught is the beginning of Western civilization and the beginning of the narration of humanness, which is the ancient Greek song of Homer, the Iliad. In essence, it's a character study of the great and sophisticated warrior hero Achilles, but is also a mighty celebration of the heroic spirit and the nature of man. To help me unpack the essence of this great song and see how we can really benefit from its teachings, I had a conversation with my dear friend Mujib Gallagher, a lawyer and classicist based in London. So, without much further ado, I present to you Episode 1, The Iliad, Authenticity and Being True to Yourself. Homer's song of the Iliad began a whole new phase of, of, of civilization. And this song is, is, is how Europe began. There's no such thing as Europe beforehand. And there would be no Europe if it wasn't for the song. That's the extraordinary thing. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible for the modern mind to comprehend because that's not the way we're taught. But it's something as Muslims, I think that we're, m- Muslims can comprehend it. And it's amazing that the Muslims, I, I think, can comprehend the beginning of European civilization, but almost better than anyone else now. Because the Quran created a whole new phase in human civilization and, and human history. What the Iliad did and still continues to do is this, that it remolds the human psyche, um, like, like all the great epic poems. But the Iliad is far, far superior to all of the others. It's beyond all comparison. I mean, it still is the greatest work of literature that, you, that European civilization has ever produced and, and, and beyond. Since we're talking about the Iliad, um, I, I want to go through the, the main themes that are present in it. But uh, could we also just outline like the briefest synopsis of what this song is is actually about? Yes. Um, well, the there, there was evidently for the for the Greeks this um, this uh, a, a huge uh, and very significant war right at right at, at the beginning of their story, and and this and this is what the the poem is about. It's called the Iliad, which is another name for Troy, and it's about a ten year long battle that the Greeks. Uh, fighting uh, against Troy, and such is the genius of of, of Homer's that he tells the entire story of this ten year long war through one small episode, which is just centered on one subject, and it's there in the very first word, which is rage. And so the the, the poem is about Achilles's rage, and this is also about the fall of Troy, and. Um, Achilles is this is is the greatest hero is is the greatest hero of the Greeks uh, of of any of of any of any peoples. Uh, he's the greatest warrior, and he um, he 
he is slighted at the beginning of the of the poem by the commander in chief Agamemnon, and so ref- stops fighting. He refuses to fight, and because he stops fighting, the Trojans almost defeat the Greeks, and his his dearest and most beloved friend, almost his is like uh, it's his foster brother, Patroclus, takes on Achilles, persuades Achilles to wear his armor. And and goes into battle, and the and and the, and the, and the Trojans are, are so terrified of the the spectre of Achilles that they that the um the, the the tide of battle turns again, but the but the, the great Trojan hero Hector comes out and kills Patroclus, and this spurs Achilles' famous decision to go back onto the battlefield and fight, and 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 he and he kills Hector, and then at the end of the poem. Um, Hector, the the king of Troy, which is Hector's father, comes along to uh, Achilles and meets him, and, and the two men meet, and that's really one one of the highest points of of, of European civilization. And it's his, and it finally Achilles's anger is, is 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 quelled, and and the poem ends, and that's that. And so the it, Troy doesn't even fall at the end, but the 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 the, the listener knows that by the end. Troy is finished. That all that the all the all the men will be killed. All the women raped and sold into slavery, um, and 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 Troy will be utterly destroyed. So, what are the main themes that are in the Iliad? I mean, you've mentioned the first word being rage, and the and the the anger of Achilles through the story. So, maybe we could touch on on that first, and then from anger. Maybe you can unpack the other key themes that the Iliad covers. Yes, yeah, so I say. I mean, the, the the very first word is 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 anger or rage, and um, I mean, what what's extraordinary is that from the very first word, um, this this song isn't isn't a three thousand year old song. Homer places it in the here and now. I mean, it's eternally present from the very first word. It's it's a, it's, it's immediate. Man's anger never changes, and so. Even from the first word, really, the, the 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 what the whole poem is about is really about man and manhood, and and in a way, there's there's nothing. Um, I mean, that, that that's the entire theme. Actually, um, there's no really there's no need to talk about any other theme because because what this is about is 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 about man and manhood. I mean, I would say like the the, the principal thing that is lacking in the world nowadays. Is man and manhood, and that is why um, I'd say that the why the why 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 we need to study the Iliad more than ever. In fact, because it because through reading the Iliad, you can't escape an understanding of man and manhood, and you can also see how the how 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 our, it gives an understanding to our present society, which just doesn't tolerate it. You know, this this present technical society doesn't tolerate man. Just on that note, when you talk about man and manhood, is that removed from woman and womanhood? I mean, uh, both yes and no, because I mean, with, without the understanding of man and manhood, there's, there isn't really the understanding of woman. There's not there's not the place. There's not the space for woman and womanhood. And as I said, the principle, the thing that's lacking is is man. And um, and and in, in order to 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 to, uh, to bring back sort of women and, and femininity. Um, first of all, there has to be the return of man. I mean, it's also significant that the first word, rage, 
is 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 this terrible flaw that's in Achilles. So it's about man's flaws. It's not um there's no idealized picture of, of the human being. I mean, from the right from the very first word, it is this uncompromising um hard look of Homer right into the soul of man. And 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 of women uh, too is contained within that. But you know, there, there's something about modern man, and 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 very much about modern Muslims, is that that people are scared. Modern man is scared of of man, and and is scared of mistakes, and is scared of the flaws within his own psyche. And Achilles isn't at all. He's he's utterly uncompromising. He's uncompromisingly true, and he carries out his own destiny. Even though it causes the death and destruction of, of 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 so much, but there is something about him that there is something about that understanding that is that is really um, indicative of, of 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 submitting to his destiny. What's great about Achilles is that he submits to himself better than anyone else, and that what that's what makes him greater than anyone else. And. There's a tremendous lesson in that for 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 us and 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 um, and particularly for Muslims. Submitting to yourself. Yeah, well, submitting to to the to to one's own destiny, and submitting and and accepting one's own flaws is is what I mean by that. And it's and it's through and it's through accepting it's through accepting the self. It's not it's not not shying away from from one's mistakes or because I mean Allah's created Talba for us. You know, you, we we can make Talba is there for. For, for our mistakes, and Allah's a tawab rahim. He's he's ever um, he's, 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 he's merciful and 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 is turning always towards us. But the thing is, you you cannot make tawbah for a broken psyche. Um, but you can make tawbah for your mistakes. You can't make tawbah for a broken psyche. No. Can you unpack that a little bit more? I mean, that's a that's a really interesting statement. Well, the, well, the thing is, if 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 one is not true to oneself, then then it is almost possible to make a, a truly sincere tauba. And if one isn't true, and if if one if one isn't true to oneself, um, uh, uh, it is it is it is almost impossible to even be aware of one's flaws, true on a, on, a, on, a, on a profound level. But someone who someone who someone who is true to themselves and in the process makes lots of mistakes, well. Uh, Allah's created wrong action for us as a means to get closer to Him, and and the one and the kind of like a, a lot of modern people and modern Muslims they 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 have this sort of very false idea of piety, um, which 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 only distances themselves distance themselves from themselves and from Allah, and see, and Achilles Achilles is the perfect antidote for that. <laughs> he truly is. <laughs> I mean. I was actually listening to a podcast by Hamza Yusuf the other day, and he was talking about this experience he had at a conference with one of those imams speaking on the podium in front of an assembly, and 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 he was like really angry, and and I mean we see that we see that form all the time of 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 um, you know you have one of these imams who's shouting and angry, and he's saying this and that, and talking of the hellfire, and and you know, and there was a man standing next to Hamza Yusuf as they were listening to this talk and he was this well um he was this well respected psychiatrist and you know the man turns to Hamza Yusuf and he said you know I, basically 
I feel sorry for this man because he can't see that he's using this public platform to express his own pathology. So, I mean, it has nothing to do with the dean or getting his message across, but rather just getting out his own anger from his own traumas or from his own insecurity or, or, or whatever it is. And, yeah, I mean, I, I was just thinking about it when you mentioned not being able to make Toba with a broken psyche. You know, it was just, it was just something that, um, that came to my mind. Yeah, no, ex exactly. I mean, it just, it's just leading people, um, well, leading people astray. I mean, it's... it's and and it's uh, it's just not possible to 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 to, to go straight. Um, I mean, the, the, there's that extraordinary hadith of the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he says, oh, um, uh, "says um, um, say I have iman in Allah, and then go straight." And um, what was always said about Homer is that throughout the ages is that Homer has this direct look at. This in, into the soul of of the human being, and that's what is amazing because the the whole this epic poem, which is huge, I mean, it's 50, almost sixteen thousand lines. It's about one small subject actually. It's about Achilles's rage, and yet it forms a whole uh, uh, worldview from from that. There's a whole worldview um, that we that that is born out from this one single subject. Uh, and 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 that and, and that's entirely true because you know the Ibn Atayla says like the the whole of the cosmos is in, is inside the human heart, uh, 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 and 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 the, the the human heart can can it contains everything, and so so again there's this there's this tremendous harmony of of the Iliad with with Islam. I mean, when you when you say that there is this tremendous harmony with Islam, I mean, what I'm thinking is that the truth is the truth and however you portray the truth it's it's always going to be the truth it's still the truth i mean there, there, there are different levels aren't there and um and, and with homer i mean this kind of raw primal power that that homer transmits through the iliad and it's and it's all larger and it's about rage and war and, and carnage and destruction um there's there's i mean there, there's such profound truth and beauty contained within it and and what and, and what sort of what what what, 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 what you know throughout is it's the, the 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 heroes who 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 accept their destiny that 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 in turn ennobles them and transforms them and elevates them and that is and and and, and that is and that, and that is what we know of life as muslims and um you know, Alexander Pope, he called the um, he called the Iliad the, the wild paradise, and um, and there's there's something very very true about that because it is because it's you know life on Earth is is a sort of a wild paradise, if 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 you like, um, where there there is all this sort of uh, savagery uh, 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 and, and and beauty. Um, and the thing is, what what about what what Homer, what the Iliad does? It's it's that almost simultaneous. I, I think it's I think it's unique actually, or, almost in in transmitting pretty much simultaneously the Jalal and Jamal of creation. I mean, because of, because of the way we are, they're, they're they're not they're never they're never separate the Jalal and the Jamal, the majesty and beauty 
of 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 Allah. But um, but the way just the way we are is that we can we can we only kind of we we can is, is we only tune in to one at a time. Well, it's very hard to 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 experience the Jalal and Jamal simultaneously. And certainly, it is almost impossible to convey it in a in in in, in a work of art or or in anything. And 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 Homer Homer gives us Homer gives us that. And he does that by painting this beautiful picture of like really ugly events. Um, you touched on the brutality of the fighting in the Iliad earlier, so uh, maybe we could touch on the theme of war and the battlefield. I mean, mm, yeah. I mean, it's brutal. There's gore and body parts flying everywhere. I mean, there's... There's spears coming out the back of heads with brains hanging off them and, and arrows going through the nipple and, <laughs> and you name it. You, you can learn a lot about human anatomy just from reading Iliad. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, it's not for the faint-hearted, not at all. Um, mm. Again, I think Alexander Pope said, he said, no man of a truly poetical spirit is master of himself while he reads the Iliad. And nearly all of this, this huge epic poem is, 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 a, is, is set on the battlefield. But here the battlefield is, 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 is a crucible of life. And it's through, through, through battle that Homer is, is actually is, 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 um, illustrating the nature of existence and reality. And the Iliad isn't so much about a... Um, fighting or it's not exactly a poem about fighting there's there's something much deeper than that and, and that really is, is it, it it's a song on on the on 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 a crisis of being on 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 how to be and it's always and it's always been understood as that and and i think for for, for um we we, we have uh, something we, we have an easy way to access that so would you say that in our current time that that Muslims in the Western world are experiencing a crisis of being. Well, it's not just not just Muslims in the in in in, in the West or Muslims in the East, but it's is it's so much bigger than that. It's everyone everywhere. Um, um, but yes, if uh, absolutely, um, I mean, it hardly really. I mean, it, it's so obvious. It's actually quite hard to to, to, to you know to fully explain. Look, I mean, look at this thing of 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 the lockdown. And the, the, see, in the Iliad, it's a, a lot of Muslims who read it. They find it difficult because there's all these gods. There's the men and the gods, and the, and the gods are integral to the action. They move. They move things along. They send. They 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 um they send plagues. They 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 guide arrows. They 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 do this and they do that. Um. And a lot of Muslims have a real problem with that. But the gods aren't aren't God. Um, they're not. They're not. They're, they're, they're certainly nothing like um, anything like something that belong of, of Allah. Um, in a way, I'll describe them like sort of enzymes of creation. And and actually, the the, uh, the, the Greeks have a far better unitary understanding of existence than a lot of Muslims because Apollo sends the plague, and some people die and some people don't die because of the plague. Apollo, you know, the gods send the winds. They, they, the Greeks don't have this don't have this thing of cause and effect. Um, so the Greeks have a far better understanding of illness, as in that it comes from 
it comes it, it comes from the divine not um that um uh, uh, not that the disease kills people a lot of muslims are under under the mistaken impression that, that the coronavirus is doing this and the coronavirus is doing that and if we take the vaccine we can be saved and if we have a lockdown then it will it will stop things and this and that i mean this this is a terrible flaw in, in tawhid which which homer doesn't have at all and that and that really is 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 the is at the root of the crisis of 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 of, of being i mean yeah you've touched on topic number one for our time i mean the uh the coronavirus and i mean you've talked about it from the point of view of 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 the disease and tawhid now as you mentioned earlier homer uses war as a crucible for life so surely war as an event is the closest one one can get to this um to this consistent confrontation with your own death with your own mortality so in that arena where you're where you're constantly facing your own demise you, you surely you're your highest form well yeah i mean because i mean look, look when the when the rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the pointed about the about the greater jihad and the lesser jihad he he point he he pointed to the greater jihad after they had come back from battle so there's no way of really understanding and of taking on the much greater battle that is that is the self without understand without tasting battle itself mm-hmm. and that's that's i mean that's crucial and that's something that that's warfare has basically been outlawed nowadays there's drones and surveillance instead um um war has been turned into a computer game um but for the greeks they understood this that the the war is an intensified version of life you know well homer and that and that's what homer is giving us um and so and and that's why i say that's why in in on the battlefield it is that 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 homer has chosen this to to actually show the nature of reality yeah, because also on the battlefield you don't you don't have time to think about what you're going to do i mean you don't have time to reflect on 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 what's going on in the marketplace and on the on the on the price of potatoes or if someone's left wing or right wing or something or <laughs> right yeah and i think that's another theme that's very much relevant in the iliad which is spontaneity and and that propulsion towards action i mean on the battlefield on the ground in the heart of the battle i mean you have to act in the moment you have to act on your instincts right yes yeah yeah absolutely and you are acting it's not an intellectual endeavor yes ex- exactly um i mean this and that's something about 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 what what, what what homer i mean that's what i said earlier about about alexander pope saying that no man of a truly poetical spirit is 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 is, a, is master of himself while he reads it because it, it has this raw primal power that just that is so moving and you know and they say that in the in the iliad that 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 everything moves and everything lives and everything is put into action and when and when when you realize that it makes it makes you think of 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 the of the of the quran where they say yeah, every single ayat and and the nuzul and the in the revelation of every ayat of of quran it is it is tethered to action um it is tethered to something that happened and is tethered to action and that that every single ayat of the quran has has is 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 is, 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 is coupled with action 
and 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 it's what the scholars um, in 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 a, in a, the, the, the scholars always talk about the Iliad as saying as saying like that everything is alive and everything moves and everything everything goes forward. There's not and there's not this you know the problem of the modern age is people thinking and thinking about thinking and thinking about thinking thinking, um, and 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 the Iliad just cuts right through all of that, and it's such a relief. <laughs> From my reading of the Iliad, I see that Achilles, you know, Achilles, the hero. Um, I mean, we talked about his anger as as his like major flaw, but like the two real core aspects of his being that I see are his like absolute authenticity and also his his spontaneity. I mean, and when I look at modern man, I see that those those two aspects have i mean they've almost been lost i mean like you said everyone is is just thinking 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 i mean man just man can't just act and i mean the case in point of that is the coronavirus i mean because of all of the um the impositions of the relevant states around us i mean something really as simple as doing the prayer which in my case I was taught by my parents, who were taught by their parents, who were taught by their parents. I mean, going back in, all the way back to the Prophet ﷺ in a very direct line. I mean, it's something that's so integral to the deen that everyone that's Muslim knows how to do the prayer and knows how to do it properly, you know. And and now we have the state or the president or the WHO telling us how we sh- how we have to pray with gaps in between us. I mean, we've been told to stand shoulder to shoulder like a well-built wall. So it just makes me think, like, you know, since when have the Muslims accepted the kuffar telling us how we should do the prayer? Yeah, I mean, I, I find this utterly infuriating. For years, we've had um, certain types of Muslims shouting bid'ah, bid'ah, uh, all Muslims, um, uh, about tiny little, uh, completely insignificant and, uh, pointless things to do with the prayer in particular and then when the kafar come along and tell us how to pray they they say yes sir no sir three bags full sir um <laughs> and where, where, where are these people who shout bitter when you need them <laughs> <laughs> and 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 yeah i mean i i, th- I think you're right it, it goes down to that question of, of authenticity and in um in, in in a way i think those people are probably being authentic to themselves though they uh, in in a very in twisted way but um uh, the, the the ones who were shouting bidder before at Muslims and not shouting bidder at the kuffar are um, uh, um, uh, uh, I mean the, the awful truth is that they might be being authentic to themselves. Um, I mean Allah knows best, but um, for the um, uh, uh, um, for, for for the main body of Muslims is that they have to recover their authenticity um, in the prayer and within their own tradition and the authenticity of, of Achilles. Is is absolutely you know is what makes him greater than anyone else, and is the reason why we're speaking about him now. So you said earlier that everything moves, everything is alive, you know, everything is put in motion. And when you said that, it really made me think about the description of the shield of Achilles, because I remember reading it the first time and thinking this is really strange. You know, am I reading a description of the shield? Is this is this shield alive? Is it moving? You know, is is everything on the shield moving? Um, can you talk a bit about the shield of Achilles? Yes, I mean, um, 
in a way, it's that's the most um, it's it's, it's it's one of the most famous celebrated bits of of of, of the poem. I mean, just briefly to give the background, uh, Achilles has lost his armor because he had given it to Patroclus, who's been killed, and so he um, his mother, who's half divine, goes to the Hephaestus, who's the blacksmith of the gods, and it makes him this special set of armor. And the shield is the most important bit of it. And there's a long description of the shield. And um, first of all, the shield is round. That's very significant. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an encompassing symbol of, 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 of the warrior king. Um, and it's also an encompassing symbol of the cosmos, of our existence. And it, and it also, this, 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 the, 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 the circle symbolizes wholeness and completeness. And this is something that the warrior protects. And on the shield is uh, uh, are depicted a, a number of natural scenes of, of almost like blissful harmony on earth. And utterly in contrast to the battlefield, to the death and carnage and destruction of the battlefield. I mean, that is, is, is completely a, a, a opposite to it. But the extraordinary thing is, is that the, these these themes, which are which are, which, are, which have been made by the the divine blacksmith, is um, you can say that this that this is what protects the warrior, and also what the warrior upholds. Uh, what what Achilles that that hit through that is the warrior himself who 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 who, up, who upholds the natural order of existence and gives it its harmony, and without him, it doesn't exist. And that's why I was saying at the beginning, when you asked me about where, 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 do, where does woman fit into this? Because the, because the, because the poem is primarily about man. Um, and, and the answer is, is, is right there on the shield, because without, without the warrior upholding it, you know, there are no um, women, there, are no, there is no dancing, there's no gaiety, there's no joy. And so there's something perfectly com complete um, and, uh, and, and natural about this poem, about the the death and destruction, and then the, the harmony and joy. But also, I mean, I, I mean, another key part of it as well is the the is is the the asabia or the the bond between men. Um, because I mean, Achilles is this relentless individual who's unique, completely different to everyone else. But also, it's his it's his it's his love um, of Patroclus that brings him back from the from the brink and also what brings him returns him to himself i mean it also makes him makes him at his very angriest when a patroclus is killed but that that is that is a, a key driver in it all and and it's also very significant that modern people modern scholars modern people try and impute into their relationship some sort of homosexual element which is just indicative of, of, of the age that we live in. So that was something that's sublime. I mean, they're foster brothers. I mean, there, there is that, there, I mean, it's, it's very clear that there is no um, homosexual element in there whatsoever. But again and again, modern readers try and try and sort of put that in there um, in, in an indirect way, or the modern reading of Homer shows also that the limits of the hadood of society, um, which, is, um, which, which absolutely must be defended. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're so important because otherwise the whole cent when 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 the, when, the, when the limits are attacked, the center caves in. What I was thinking on the subject of the limits of society, 
and protecting and defending the limits of society is is really whether or not it is about creating a completely new society yes and 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 that's what and that that's why it's so fascinating to read uh, the Iliad because that's what Homer did. What, what what we're talking about really is trying to recover the authentic self, and that doesn't require anyone to be at war with 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 present society, you see. Um, and um, as people who have been shaped by this civilization, to in order to go forward. Um, uh, uh, because everyone's trapped, no one really knows how to get out of it at all. And um, studying, studying the studying the Iliad, and really getting to grips with it, being and I don't I don't mean studying, I mean experiencing it, I mean feeling it and knowing it, will will actually help provide a way forward. There's something else I want to touch on with regards to the Iliad. Uh, at the beginning, you mentioned that the Muslims are almost like the last people that can actually appreciate it for what it is. And there is a major thing that I see reading it is that if I compare what I read to watching a movie, you know, the likes of Troy um, with Achilles acted by Brad Pitt, what I see is that Achilles isn't the hero. You know, they portray him as the villain. And at the same time, he he's very much portrayed as sulking in his tent. You know, it, it it just seems to me that it's a complete misrepresentation of who the character is. Yeah, well, well that, that, that's a really good point because um, uh, uh, the way the the Iliad is taught and spoken of now is that Achilles goes off and has a huge sulk in his tent. That's n- nearly every um, all all modern analysis of the Iliad will put it in those will cast it in that light. Uh, and that's an appalling indictment of modernity. I mean, it says it all that this man who is who 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 is utterly true to himself, who cannot be bought off, and who's not going to be a good boy, and who knows his and who knows his own who knows his own self is is depicted as a sulker. <laughs> <laughs> and um, in in a way, I mean, it's it's about rage, but it's also because Achilles has this tremendous capacity to love. Beyond or beyond everyone else, and he has this tremendous capacity for honor beyond everyone else. And um, real love and, and 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 honor is is, is unknown in, in in modernity. Modernity can, is, is is incompatible with it. And that's what we have from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I mean, that's what we have in the Deen: this love and and uh, an understanding of honor. And you mentioned Asabia, like, um, how would you define that? I mean, like esprit de corps. Yeah, it, it, it's it's very hard to put into English. Um, esprit de corps is is I mean, which is French, but we use it in English. Is is is, is the closest? Um, it's much closer because esprit de corps shows a, is something is 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 uh, is is a group of people together, and esprit mm-hmm. de corps is something that actually moves towards action. So it's 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 a, it's a bond between people that that moves people to action. Yeah, we have these two things: love and honor. And in that sense, we can read the Iliad and appreciate it for what it really is, you know, without getting caught up in these homosexual dialogues or whether he's sulking or not. And 
appreciate the man's honor and his making a decision based on his honor. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right because the, the, it's, it's beyond, I, I don't see another group of people other than Muslims as, as a group who can, who can really access it and really understand it. Because there's, there's, there's extraordinary ayats in them, um, just towards the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, where, 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 where Allah says, um, when your Lord said to the angels, I am putting a, a, a caliph on the earth, they said, why put on it one who will cause corruption and shed blood when we glorify you with praise and, and proclaim your purity? He said, I know, I know what you do not know. So, I mean, really, that's going back to that when we were talking earlier about, um, about Muslims not denying their humanity. You brought it to my mind when um, you're saying that the Muslims have this capacity for love and for honor. And at the same time, it doesn't, it doesn't negate, it's, it's not some hippy-dippy, hippy-dippy, lovey-dovey kind of thing. We are in this realms of this wild paradise. That the, and this wild paradise can only be attained through that combination of love and honor and, and truly recognizing the, the, the flaws that we have within ourselves. Because Allah has created in the, uh, us in them as a means of getting closer to him. You mentioned this thing of it not being like lovey-dovey love and... Uh... It just reminded me of an experience that I had on uh, on the Hajj, where we were walking down from the Haram, and there was this grouping of Afghan men walking up. And you know, we, as we were um, crossing paths, you could see written across their faces that these were some of like the the hardest, most rugged men on the planet. And I mean, these were men that, like, you know, from the mountains of of uh, Afghanistan, whose every single generation in their bloodline has been on the battlefield, you know. And this is, I mean, the Patan are a, a nation that have never been defeated. And, you know, you're on the Hajj, and you see this force of nature of a man walking up towards you, and you look at him in his eyes, and he smiles, and his face lights up, and it's just this overwhelming beauty and this transference of, I mean, what I can only describe as love. And I mean, we don't speak the same language. We'll probably never meet each other, you know, we'll probably never cross paths with each other ever again. But in that moment, there was just a transaction. I'm I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned the Hajj, actually, because in a way, why, why didn't we just... Get get that right at the beginning. In fact, because anyone who's done Hajj, <laughs> they can they can understand the Iliad, <laughs> right? The, you know, there, there, there's just one um, first, there, there's one thing I'm just annoyed and missed about when you're saying what about the place of women? W women and children are often called foolish. In fact, throughout the Iliad, they're often called foolish because they don't expose themselves to death. You know, by 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 confronting the enemy. That is not 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 and not in a not in a way of. Um... Well, I've always understood. I mean, my personal understanding is that man's greatest confrontation with death is on the battlefield, and woman's greatest confrontation with death is through childbirth. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how true that is. Yes, no, I, th I think that's you know essentially true throughout time, isn't it? And the thing is, you know, what what would Homer say of modern man? 
who was, you know, well, what would what would Homer say of the lockdown? <laughs> when, when he's always, when he's calling women and children foolish for 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 you know for, for not confronting death for well for avoiding death by not confronting their enemies mm. and, and 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 there is some there is there is absolutely something to be said for that um that someone who is who runs someone who's always running away what are what else are they than the than, than a fool? A coward? Yeah, a fool or a coward. But someone who's always running away from confronting from 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 confrontation. Well, I mean, what is the flip side of that? It's it's courage. Mm. And it's the courage to be authentic. Yeah. And the courage to act, even if your life's at risk. Yes. Well, and, well, courage comes from stems from authenticity. People who are authentic are, are going to have that courage because people can talk about being courageous, but in the moment, it's, 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 it's either it's there or it's not. One line that I heard once upon a time was, um, I mean, a friend of mine, he, 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 he just showed it to me in passing and he was like, you know, you, you, you'll like this. And what it was, was a student of Rumi had gone to him and asked him, what is fear? Uh, to which Rumi replied, non-acceptance of uncertainty. If you accept uncertainty, it becomes adventure. Wow. And, you know, that line has just stuck with me ever since. And it's it's one of those lines that I, I, I mean, I almost carry with me. And, you know, I know on numerous occasions, it's definitely given me courage. And it's given me courage in a lot of different circumstances. That's fantastic. Wow. You know, one of the fascinating things about the, the Iliad is the way it drives, um, it, 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 it's continued to drive uh, civilization for such an enormous period of time. And as we've said many times, it's a poem about war, and it's a poem set so far back in the past. And that seems very odd to a modern reader, because our hope, the hopes and dreams of modern society is all projected into the future, and they're all about peace and prosperity, not about death and carnage set a long time ago but again that's an inversion really of 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 nearly all human societies all human societies begin or, 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 or um as they go along and it was really it was only really around the time of the enlightenment that things changed that that, that human societies instead of having a, a a a driving story from the ancient past propelling them forward that they then switched it round and have some idealized romanticized future to which to which they hope they're, they're heading towards um, and of which they always always dismally fail and the romantic idealized vision in the future actually causes endless death and destruction like bringing democracy to Iraq and Afghanistan oh. and the thing and the, the you know the Iliad, this this story of, of carnage and destruction that's a long way in the past, actually made Europe far, far greater and better and brought peace. Um, because there's that understanding that this is that war is a crucible of life. And and if we don't get it right, there's it'll be you know, everyone's dead and you know, everyone's raped and burned and slashed and you know. And and there's also something that the, the people there's a there's a generation of people to look back to who are the best of people. That's what the, the, the Iliad was for the Greeks. 
And again, this is utterly in harmony. I mean, this is this well, this way. It's the same that we that we have for, for, as, as Muslims. There, there was a generation, these of, of extraordinary people, who um, who we can come to know, and they guide us, and we follow them like stars, and they give us guidance. And without them, we'd be lost. And that's just tremendously significant. That the that 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 inversion that happened, and really, it's, it's around it's around the time of the Enlightenment that things just get flipped on their head. And of course, everything we're told about all these values of the Enlightenment about tolerance and democracy and um, equality and uh, liberty and everything, um, I mean, uh, end up being the complete opposite. And that thing that you mentioned of having uh, a grouping of people or a, uh, a story or a grouping of people from the past that propels you forward rather than trying to move towards this this ideal future i mean that's devastating mm. and that's the thing i mean in the, in the iliads the, the you know they say that the men are more loved by the vultures than by their wives um you know goethe said if he said he, he thought that if, if europe only had considered no, homer and not the not the the books of the bible as its holy scripture the whole of the whole of history would have been different and been better. <laughs> Fantastic. I also want to touch on the the subject of the end of the Homeric spirit. Yes, yeah, because the Homeric spirit, this thing that we've been talking about, that has guided and has propelled European civilization from 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 this story within the in, in the remote past of these extraordinary men. And that continue to do so, and, and not and, and and it goes far beyond European civilization. It is even there. Um, I think you know very significantly. Just to give one example of um, uh, uh, in 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 the Abbasid times of uh, um ibn Ishaq al who was one of the driving forces who set up the Dar al Hikmah, which was the the renowned one of the, one of the most significant. Um, Ventures of that civilization, which translated all the all the Greek and uh, uh, and Latin, but mainly Greek classics, and transferred it back into Europe, and without which um, European civilization would, would would have just ground to a halt. And Hanayna um, ibn Ishaq al was was almost like a hafez of Homer, and it drove him, and he absolutely adored the Iliad, um, and 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 I think that was his love of the Iliad. That probably caused the the whole Dardal Hikmah to come about, and so I mean it's had a, this tremendously powerful effect on on world history, and um, and it continued to do so, and, and it was all the way really up until the First World War, when it when essentially it died in the trenches of the First World War with the, with the great massacre of of the youth and and chivalry of of Europe, and uh, I mean of course it lived on for a bit longer. I mean it wasn't entirely gone. It's not going to go and, um, but the, but the, but the, the, the that, that, that generation, that generational um, continuity had been broken, and really, it, 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 that, 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 that sort of the end of it, um, and then after the Second World War, with the, the Bretton Woods settlement, that the world was remade. And not long after that, in 1968, Enoch Powell gave one of the most notorious um, speeches in modern political history, the Rivers of Blood speech. It's no coincidence that he was a great lover of Homer. He was a great classicist. 
that it's said that he was the second youngest person to ever be made professor after Nietzsche. And he was a professor of classics. And with his knowledge of the classics, he, um, he, he, he gave this rivers of blood speech, so, um, warning of the dangers of immigration, which was of mass immigration into Europe, he said, which was changing it irrevocably. This speech has now basically become haram. In, <laughs> or talking about this speech has become haram in, in, in the West. Um, because Enoch Powell was warning of um, saying that we must reverse immigration and start sending the immigrants back, in fact. But it's highly significant that the, the Homeric spirit had, had only recently just died in, in Europe, essentially. And then just very shortly after that, the Muslims arrive. And who, who, I, who I, as we've been talking about, and I think, I think have shown quite well, who are really the inheritors of, 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 of the Homeric spirit. And there was, there was something of just of, of, of um, there was something that Babur um, said, the great Babur who established the Mughal dynasty, that I thought in cap- that sort of showed this off again really well. Um, I'm just going to uh, read it out. Um, where he said, um, it was just before the battle of Khanwa, and it was just before battle. And he said, to, he said, noblemen, soldiers, every man born into the world is subject to dissolution. When we are passed away and gone, Allah remains the one and eternal. Whoever sits down to the feast of life must, before it is over, drink of the cup of death. He who arrives in this world and its end of mortality must know that one day without fail, he must make his departure from that mansion of sorrow. How much better then is it to die with honour than to live with infamy? And that is, I mean, that is the great Babur, but it is also... Um, that is also the Homeric spirit present right there, and um, I find it very find it very strange. And again, indicative of the time, the topsy turvy times that we live in, that the that the Hindutva in in India used the term Babar ki Oled, children of Baba, as a pejorative term for for Muslims, um, trying to say that these Muslim invaders coming in here, uh, 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 turning things upside down. When of course the Muslims came into India. And built the place and made everything great that is about and created in there would be no india without without islam they were the ones who created the political authority and unity from from a, a disparate bunch of kingdoms and peoples who had never had any uh, uh force or, or or able to come together in any cohesive way it was when islam came that india became um uh, uh, uh india and um became uh, under the moguls the, one of the greatest polities that the world has seen in recorded human history and i think that when that the muslims have have when they've come into europe which is in disarray it's it's lost touch with its essence and itself with its origin and unless the muslims do connect with that then enoch powell will absolutely be right the rivers may well may may well run with blood but if the muslims do what they did in India with have that spirit of Babur, and um, which is and, and and are able to connect with the uh, uh, with European culture, I mean with Europeans with Europe's origins, which the Europeans have completely lost. We have the the, the wider Europeans have completely lost it. Then there is the um, the opportunity to to do what Babur did to India, to do to Europe. But I mean, I, th- I think on that note, it goes beyond. Europe. I mean, it's the entire Western world, no? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the Europeans with the, 
I mean, the colonial adventure, for want of a better word, I mean, they they spread out, I mean, quite far and wide. Yeah, well, and, 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 and much more significantly, because we moved much beyond colonialism. So it's a, it's a long time in the past, in fact. But the the people in the in, in what were what were the colonized parts of the world they they are desperate they 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 are more desperate in fact than the Europeans for 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 the um, legacy of the Enlightenment for the European worldview and for the European system and that they're actually more um, they they desire it more than the Europeans themselves and they've taken it on much more but without without the without without the foundations unfortunately. Um, they're like they're, they're, they've, they've taken largely the bad bits and neglected the good. What we're talking about is, you know, what, what Goethe said that really that that if Europe had taken it on more as its principal book, because there's always been this tension there. But well, after, um, obviously, about a thousand years later, after Christianity came about, there has always been in Europe this tension between Christianity and between the Iliad, essentially, or, or, or the, the Greek values, um, and they've been opposed been competing and fighting against each other through um through europe so now it's time for us as muslims to make it ours there's been a conflict between the iliad and christianity but there's no conflict between the iliad and islam and i mean on that note i'd like to conclude by asking you for anybody who's listening What's your call to action? Well, the 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 call to action is to is, is, is to is to read the Iliad, and it's and 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 it's something that it's not something that's done alone. It's it's to, it's to read it to each other. I mean that point's really interesting because I mean it is a song, so I mean it would have always been performed. It would have been recited and sung in a in a grouping of people. It would have been a social event. It, it it wasn't just you know singular reading. Yeah. Yes. Remember reading um, was uh, who was it? Um, was it Saint Augustine? It was a Christian monk who who first first started reading uh, uh, alone. Oh, reading alone. Tell me about that. Um, was it Ambrose? Or it was either Ambrose or Saint Augustine who 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 pioneered was the first to read. Uh, alone and to read in in his head because before reading was even when people read alone they read aloud and for centuries it, it, uh, it, i mean it was really not that long ago that people started reading um quietly in their own heads that is fascinating mm. i mean if you think about the quran yes even if you're reciting quran by yourself i mean you you recite it out loud absolutely wow I mean, in a mosque, there'll be there'll be however many people, maybe reciting together or reciting separately, and there'll be maybe twenty people sitting dotted around the mosque, all reading aloud, you know, differently. But no, no one's going going there and you know, being um, you know, kind of like good little boys and kind of reading to them, reading to themselves. Who sort of being like, no, that, that's not the way the Quran is. The Quran is alive, and the Quran comes out. So the call to action is to get a copy of the Iliad. And read it out to somebody else. <laughs> yes. That's brilliant. I'm going to do that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I think today's key takeaway is be like Achilles. Be authentic and be true to yourself. Of course, it's definitely always easier said than done. 
but diagnosis is half of cure. If you want to get yourself a copy of the Iliad um, to read out to somebody else, I'd recommend the Penguin Edition translated by Martin Hammond. It's definitely the best version that we have in modern contemporary English, and it's the easiest to read. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me on Instagram at Abdallah Dutton. Otherwise, hit subscribe, and I'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you.